0: I'm just trying to talk about the music. Music, 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 music. to the first episode of the soul tracks podcast i'm so pleased to have you guys here we're going to talk about the problem with america those goddamn blacks i'm just kidding <laughs> we're here for the music man i don't know if you know me by now but my name is ellis i hail from pg county maryland and i am addicted to music Hip-hop and R&B, it's my drug of choice. It's so hard to stay clean. Some of my favorite artists are Kanye West, Kendrick Lamar, Thundercat, Erica Badu, Ari Lennox, James Blake, Bon Iver. The list goes on for pages. And if you can't tell, I love music in all its forms. I'm doing an album review today, which is probably the most common thing that I'll be doing on here. Uh, and today I'm going to break down the lead up and the new project from one of the biggest artists in the world, Mr. Travis Scott, Travis Scott, AKA Jocks Webster for the people that care. Born in Houston, straight out of the South, okay? He's one of the biggest artists in the world, in hip hop, in the world in general, okay? He's pretty seasoned. He's been in the game since what, 2013? It's kind of when he first started getting his music out there. I think 2012, if I'm not mistaken. But he dropped his first mixtape in 2013. And it was called Al Faro. And it was really raw and experimental. And it it garnered a lot of attention because he did have that backing from Grand Hustle, T.I.'s label. And he also had uh, Kanye West, you know, in good music. He was on the production over there. And you can find his uh, credits, you know, on things like Yeezus, Cruel Summer, you know, those albums like that. Um, And he was kind of just helping Kanye go through that era, that sound where he was like, you know, I want to say more raw, more grungy, more industrial. He was definitely taking a lot of chances. Obviously, Yeezus was his is his most experimental album to date. Um, And I feel like it's probably his most controversial But, hey, it's one of my favorites. I feel like that era kind of, you know, resonates with me a lot because I was born in 2000. So, you know, anything coming out in 2012, 2013 is when I'm fully encapsulating the music. I'm understanding what these guys are saying and why they're saying it or what I'm hearing as far as, like, sound. So, you know, I I totally resonate with that era of Kanye the early Travis Scott um and I felt like it was a lot of potential there you know but it was better it was better realized on days before rodeo I feel like that's where shit went crazy for Travis Scott that's where I start paying attention you know and I was like oh shit this nigga right here is different okay it mixed like that southern trap energy with some trippy synths and like he always had like this menacing delivery about him, and it still bumps hard today. I mean that album is pretty insane. you got katana, Mama Sita, you know drugs you should try, which is like a more experimental trippy l s d type of vibe going on uh back produced by metro doom it booming on here it was it's a really good album, oh zombies as well and it also featured like an early young thug him and young thug were like you know like this him young thug and metro bloomin were just like unstoppable but yeah days before rodeo definitely kind of put him on the map as far as making people pay attention to him but this also brewed up a good amount of hype for his debut album obviously the mixtape was days before rodeo right So obviously what's coming next is Rodeo. And when I tell you Rodeo fully encapsulated the name, you know what I'm saying? Like it really felt like a fucking Rodeo, except with psychedelic drugs and alcohol and women that you don't know, really. That's what Rodeo felt like, man. I mean, he really went on his Kanye shit on here and assembled a team of superheroes to help fight the druggy late nights. You know what I'm saying? You know, he brought on Kanye, The Weeknd was on here, uh, Young Thug, Future, Chief Keefe, Justin fucking Bieber, you know? And that's not all. I didn't even name all of them. But on here, he definitely like refined his sound and he made every track a grandiose moment and invited everyone into the Travis Scott sound that we kind of know today. I feel like, you know, that trippy you know, psychedelic, atmospheric sound, but also has like a dark uh, energy to it. That's what we know Travis Scott as. And of course, you know, this is where he he kind of implemented or made famous his, you know, straight up, little flame, those ad libs and shit, you know, his autotune crooning. It was always like reminiscent of Kid Cudi to me, but more Southern. But yeah, that that was Travis Scott at that point, you know? And Rodeo was the entrance into a hype that was here to stay with him. Subsequently, he dropped birds in the trap uh, the next year and it attempted some good ideas. You know, it it definitely had that signature woozy, levitating, but like grimy aura to it, in my opinion. But in my opinion, it was like a step back from Rodeo. You know, it it sounded like he was kind of on autopilot here. And he became really comfortable with his own style. You know, it just sounded more of like a mixtape to me. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. I just think comparing it to Rodeo, which is probably my second favorite album from him, you know, it's just a little, it just doesn't match up as well. But it has some really good songs on here. Pick Up The Phone, Goosebumps, two of his biggest songs ever. You know, especially Goosebumps. I think that shit is like eight times platinum. You know, Kendrick Lamar, thanks. But, you know, critics didn't love it, but the fans still ate it up, including me. Pause. But it featured a lot of good features on here as well. So in between this time, he's doing a lot of features. He's racking up platinum singles, dropping collaboration tapes with fucking Quavo. You know, I feel like this was his hot streak, like, 2016, 2017 on to 2018. He was definitely on a hot streak. I mean, Love Galore, SZA, huge song, that song was everywhere. It's fucking addicting too. I couldn't turn it off. Portland by Drake, Skywalker, Miguel, Dark Knight Dumo, Trippy Red. I feel like that's like one of the the early like rage songs, you know, like where people were like really tripping out. Back when uh, Tentacion was running through the streets. Um, and all of these are over two times platinum. You know? And his own songs. Antidote off a of Rodeo. You know? Pick up the phone. Butterfly Effect. Goosebumps. All insane, insanely successful. Shit, did I just say successful? Successful? Jesus Christ. Maybe I'm not cut out for this thing. I don't know. <laughs> All of them were insanely successful, and Goosebumps, like I said earlier, is eight times platinum. You know he has those collab album with Quavo at this point. All of this leading up to his main event, the biggest album of his career, one of the most hyped album of the 2010s era, Astro World. Travis, he teased this album title two years prior, and he was getting fans excited for what has to come. And the album World continued this wild, raging theme of rodeo. But it featured like this otherworldly soundscape that took listeners like right into the middle of this huge production. It had a wide array of sounds. It had fun trap anthems like the huge song Sickle Mode or No Bystanders with Juice World to some experimental psychedelic trips like Skeletons or Stop Trying to Be God. This album, really, it really did feel like a ride. It took you on so many musical destinations. Travis, he really created, in, in my opinion, a damn near perfect album. And I feel like this album kind of encapsulates the sound, the popular sound of 2015 to, to 2018. 19 2020 20. he really made that atmospheric trap just really popular and he, and he was the forerunner for it on this album he once again assembled a super team of highly touted artists and producers to deliver what many people could consider his best work i mean you had 21 savage the weekend but you also had like pharrell and uh frank ocean drake obviously juice world who else was on this album? Uh, Gunna. It was a lot of people, man. A lot of people. But it just all, it was just a crazy, a crazy sound. It sounded chaotic, but it was beautiful chaos. And it really did feel like the album cover, you know? Just a super crazy theme park, you know? He, he couldn't have encapsulated it better. So after Astroworld dropped, you know, fans were going crazy. Travis, he's known for his high energy, just like super raging concerts. You know, he probably had the craziest concerts at the time. You know, people were just ready to lose their fucking mind on these things. You know, and 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 they were going to these concerts. You know, he had the... Astroworld festivals he he went on tour, but in twenty twenty one the festival quickly turned into a tragedy. Ten recorded deaths, twenty five hospitalizations, and about three hundred treated for injuries on the twenty twenty one Astroworld festival. The cause was being that it was an overwhelming excitement brought on from the concert goers, and it resulted in a crowd crush. You know, basically, people were being trampled over. Uh, they weren't getting enough air into their lungs. You know, it was just a really bad scene, very dangerous. And it, it turned events quickly. You know, it soured Tr- Scott's reputation of his rage-inducing performance culture. And the world quickly placed sole blame on him as well as the concert host, Live Nation. This f- left future music in question. You know, as he's, he was beginning to start the rollout of the already hyped succeeding album. You know, so everything really halted for him. You know, we didn't know what Travis was going to do. He didn't have much of a response. You know, he put out that video that everybody made a meme where he was like rubbing his head all the time. And like, it was weird. You know, it was hard to like kind of get a grasp from is it's like, okay? did he know this was going on while the concert was going on? Or like, you know, is he really just like oblivious to the whole thing? But. Two years later, you know, Travis showed that he didn't completely drop off the face of the earth, but he, he, he didn't completely drop off, but he definitely retained a lower profile. But mid 2023 marked the return of Travis Scott music. Okay. A shit ton of weird ass album covers and a random movie and a very misleading lead single later. We have the fourth studio album from La Utopia. So with this new album, Travis Scott aims to bring listeners to Utopia, a world on the opposite spectrum of Astroworld. Astroworld was like this psychedelic joyride. But this album, he drops you right into a fucking wasteland. Okay. It says Utopia. It's dystopia. All right? It's fucking dark down there. Okay? Like, this is not happy shit. Okay? This is dark. This is a whole different planet. (laughs) Travis, he claims that the overarching theme is to create your own utopia, no matter the preconceived notions of the circumstances, basically. You know, some real, like introspective bullshit, okay? You know, we know Travis, he's not very conceptual as far as like lyricism in that way. But what he does, he creates the concept in your ears as far as like the soundscape and the production and the sonics. That's his superpower. He created a bigger than life soundscape here. But it's as grand as the soundscape is, it fails to translate... As cohesively as Astro World did, leaving somewhat a disjointed album and it suffers the lack of replay value. But although it's not Astro World or Rodeo, it's not supposed to be. It's different, okay? It's different. We still get a consistent album and it's also consistent in that Travis is progressing his sound and he's trying new ideas. And I think that's commendable. And somehow, he polishes some of the old tricks up his sleeve. Okay. This album is very influenced by the sounds of his 2013, 2012 era of Al Faro, Days Before Rodeo, and what most people have been saying, Jesus. You know, it's and it's pretty obvious in its inspirations as well. This album starts off, it shoves you straight into the world of Utopia with hyena. It introduces this super like progressive rock sample. I think the the, the band was called Gentle Giant. Um, and it, it definitely makes a proper introduction into the fucking madness here. You know? Hell, hell, hell. And the next thing you know, these super heavy distorted drums come in. It's this medieval sounding guitar loop in the back. It's one of the most insane album openers I've ever heard. I remember if you watched the Travis Utopia reaction on the YouTube channel, I was just like, what the fuck am I hearing right now? It was so crazy, okay? A lot of people said they felt like the, the yay inspiration immediately, but I didn't really feel that until the next song, thank God. This shit sound like Decepticon workout music or some shit. The The start of this song kind of starts off a. Uh, uh, kind of minimalistic, you know, it has that that reverberating bass, boom, boom. Uh, Shout out to KC on here, as he gave like a pretty good appearance there as well. It sounded very like just dramatic um, and I really liked it. And it transitioned into the second half and that shit just like opened up the fucking floodgates. You know, <laughs> Travis is just screaming on here at this point. Uh, and, and this really like dark, super catchy violin loop comes in and, you know, this this nice trap beat comes in and it's just so like it's moving, you know, I, I, I feel like this is one of my favorite songs early on, you know, like as soon as I listened to it, you know, I felt I definitely felt the the Kanye-esque-ness there um, and it just made sense because Kanye production was here as I think this was originally a Kanye song. And this is something that's consistent throughout the track list as well. Travis taking Kanye songs and kind of like flipping it. But yeah, the song was really dramatic, really dense, but it was was very simple. Simple but effective. Definitely could have fit on like a lost hard drive while they was making Yeezus or some shit. But the biggest turn of events happens on Modern Jam. This super techno house beat, comes in you know what i'm saying it, it's originally i am a god beat um i don't know if any of you are familiar with that song off of yeezus but it makes sense you should go look it up it fits right into the tempo they definitely went into a different direction on the original i am a god though or the final i am a god um and this beat was produced by one half of daft punk and this beat drops and i'm just like oh shit we're about to die we're in this world of utopia and we're about to die. Like this Travis Scott comes in sounding like a fucking announcer to like a deadly robot fight or some shit. And I'm like, okay, we're at the craziest part of Travis's brain right now. It's the most left field. I feel like he's ever sounded. Okay. You know, it's good. It sounds good too. I feel like it was great execution Um, An amazing feature from Tizo Touchdown on here. He sounded so dramatic, um, brought a lot of personality to this track. And Travis kind of gave like a very Kanye-esque flow. And even the bars were like Kanye-esque where they were just like overly braggadocious, you know, just like bigger than life, braggadocious type shit. But this song was it was good. You know, I was very surprised by it but I knew that I appreciated it. At this point, you know, we're three tracks in and it seems like Travis kind of opened up the floodgates to like this really dark, cryptic world of like dense beats and very eerie sense. You know, Travis, he sounds hungry. He sounds motivated on here, you know? He's not showing like flashy lyricism. That's not what he does. But he makes up for it with blunt delivery and sticky flows. All the tracks kind of seem to have Travis reverting back to a sound that he lived in during the Yeezus, Al Faro days before rodeo days. Elements of like hip hop, industrial rap, experimental, even like electronic played throughout as well. And I kind of felt like, you know, he just repurposed that sound. But he didn't like fully jump down this rabbit hole for the whole album. There are plenty of tracks that encapsulate that feeling, though. Like Sirens. This is one of like the most volatile beats here. Uh, This is probably my favorite track, to be honest. Menacing, fiery, tribal quality to the beat on here. Just a very wild feeling for this song. The energy was insane. Travis is giving like super fiery flows on here. Playing with his vocal inflections. They got like these random screams going throughout. At the end. And then you got Mike Dean on the back end of this thing. Like, yeah, okay. Hey, Kanye. (laughs) But I think Circus Maximus is probably like the track that fits this breed the most. It's literally the beat of Black Skinhead, you know? And I think this caused people to start saying like, okay, he's biting Kanye or he's Kanye South. You know, I've heard people say that as well. But, like, we have to remember, we have to remember that how can he bite on something that he helped produce? Something that he helped popularize, you know? He can't bite Kanye because he was there. It sounds like Jesus, yeah. But guess what? Travis produced on three tracks on Jesus. And also, guess what? We only heard what we know. He probably produced a shit ton of more stuff for that album, but we only got three tracks, but even that's a lot on an album. There's only like fucking 10 songs on the album, you know? So that's what? 25% of the album. Please don't check my math, please. But yeah, like, you know, so we can't, we can't just sit here and say that, you know, Travis is biting. We also like Al Faro, And in days before rodeo, like we've heard this stuff where Travis kind of took, you know, what he was working on and and, and, in his own sound that he was honing, brought it to Kanye and also put it in his early music. You know, so I feel like this is more of just Travis going back to a sound that he previously visited or previously lived in rather than him just like biting the music you know that's a little absurd. Relax, you know. I think it's just people like, okay, I'm I'm a fucking Kanye fan. He's my favorite artist of all time, right? But I'm not a Kanye stan, you know? He people act like he's the end all be all to to certain music like, yo, chill, okay? We we can't forget how highly collaborative Kanye is. You know, and how many people he brings in to flesh out these ideas. So if anything, it's Travis' sound as much it is Ye's. Honestly, Ye hasn't really went back to that sound. You know, there's probably like a couple songs here and there, maybe on like Pablo or um, Donda, where it kind of sounds like, okay, this kind of sounds jesus ish This kind of sounds like my, my be- beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy-ish. But we don't know what the fuck we're going to get with Kanye, you know? We we might just be like he might just be like, oh shit, I'ma make a gospel album, which he's done. You know, oh shit, this album's not gonna have curse words, you know. So like he changes sounds he changes styles like new shoes. So Kanye's not giving us that that sound. So if Travis is gonna give us that sound, I'm I'm here for it. You know? That's one of my favorite eras of Kanye, anyway. You know? So there's definitely, like, the Yeezus aspect to this, the Kanye-influenced aspect to this, uh, which I think he did very respectfully. I think he advanced the sound as well, kind of brought it to 2023 and was like, all right, let's incorporate this this way. Let's put a trap beat here, you know? Let's put these Mike Dean super, like, Star Wars-ish synths in this motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? But Travis, he didn't just stay in this lane on this album. You know, the soundscape of Utopia gets even wider with these like menacing trap beats, very sticky loops that he throws in here. Example, Meltdown. Okay, look. Full fucking cringe face when this joint turns on. Insane beat, the string loop never fails, okay? A string loop, minor key, it never fails in a in a trap song. It really doesn't, you know? Drake on here helps the menacingness of it, you know? And I know, like, Drake and menacing doesn't really sound right together, like, you know? But it's true, okay? We'll get into that later. I Know Topia Twins. You know, this is also like a diversion from uh, this this super, like, grandiose Dark World sound that he was going for for a lot of the album. I know Intobia Twins kind of gave, like, a fun diversion, you know, and it had, like, that bouncy, signature, trippy, atmospheric trap from Travis. And it's a nice refresher to the ear uh, during the p- playing the album. You know, they both feel like they can fit on the track list of World. And I also enjoyed the synth heavy wavy trap from Metro Boomin' on the final track till further noticed. Um, definitely one of my favorite production on here. Trav and Metro don't fucking lose. They're a winning team, okay? But, you know, these these tracks still have like an aspect of darkness to them, which make them kind of like, you know, sit inside the world uh, still pretty comfortably you know, with these Yeezus inspired tracks. But this album has a, it has bits of light. All right. It's not all dark. Most of it is, but it's not all dark. There's bits of light that seep through these fucking cracks in this damn dungeon that Travis has got us in. There's the sparkly instrumental of my eyes. Um, it transitioned into this really like fast paced atmospheric trap beat. Um, Definitely one of the highlights as well. It was just like a, a very light and airy quality to the production here. Sampha made a gracious appearance here. Um, I think, yeah, Justin Vernon was on this as well. And Travis was kind of like playing with his vocals, giving like more of like a lo-fi vibe, a very high-pitched auto-tune, choppy vocals. And also like paraselling. This one served more as like an interlude, Um, but it's definitely like a light in the tunnel. You know, it's very, very atmospheric here. You kind of feel like you're in this like field of fucking butterflies and shit, just running through the grass. You got Dave Chappelle sounding like overly dramatic, (laughs) but a very pretty instrumental. And Young Lean came on and helped give like that carefree feeling. And shit, like there's even like some like house and like reggaeton elements with uh Del Resto featuring Beyonce and K-pop with Bad Bunny and The Weeknd. You know, both of these kind of had like, you know, it, it made you move your shoulders a little bit, you know, Um K-pop definitely like fit a lot better inside the track list as it did as like the lead feature on here. Don't know why the fuck he did that. Maybe he was trying to throw us off, be like, oh, yeah, I think y'all getting this, but you're not. But it, it definitely did um, fit better within the track list when you hear the rest of the songs. Um, Del Resto kind of had like, you know, it's, it sounded like something off Renaissance, to be honest. Um, very like motivating aspect to the song here. So, yeah, the the album's best outfit is the production. It looked really good in some jeans with some eerie synths and some reverberating beats. God damn, that was fucking corny. Jesus Christ. Travis, he once again proved that he's an expert at creating an atmosphere of sounds and sonics that tie all together. And I'm glad he's still trying new things and introducing new ideas. But when does this album take the makeup off? When does the sparkle go away? You know? Well, I'll tell you. I'll fucking tell you. It's when Travis raps, okay? Like my nigga Future say, it's crazy, but it's true. Given that this is his least melodic project to date, I would say it's easily exposed here, you know? We've never turned on a Travis album and said, like, okay, what is he going to say? Never. Like, we're never focused on that. Why? Because he doesn't really know how to talk about anything. <laughs> and and this has been, like, something that, you know, Travis has, like, been known for. He's just been known for, like, not really giving substantial bars that fit into, like, or saying saying something that, like, is worth note, being notable, you know, from when he started making music, which was a little worse on, like, projects like Al Faro and Days Before Rodeo. Got a little better um by the time we got to Astro World, you know. He was able to give us songs like Coffee Bean. We're like, okay, introspection, huh? But even that type is like surface level. But on here, he's like, okay. I don't really get much from him at all. And this is like the biggest example of him just not really being able to deliver good verses as far as lyrics. Schizo. What the fuck, Travis? You knew, Travis, you knew you couldn't do no shit like that. Like, okay. We get it. Like, you got these really, like, menacing trap beats going on in and here and stuff. You got Young Thug coming through, you know? And this was cool, but but mind you, this song is, like, damn near seven minutes. It's got four different fucking beats on it. So, by the time we get to the second beat, I'm like, okay, what is Travis saying? Oh, let me look on Genius. Okay, he didn't say anything. <laughs> he didn't say anything worth fucking noting. I'm, You know what? Let me go back and, and let, me, let me read some of these lyrics, man. Let me read you some bars from Travi. Okay? Without going deep, Shakespeare. Took the squad, brought the play right here. Got the vision and I made that clear. Up from two till it's two running plays like the Tennessee kid. I'm the one, J.H. with the braids with the lights. With the Ike and the smoke, but I can't stay away. See this life? Man, I can't stay away. Find a vice, man. I can't stay away. Find it hard. Why I can't play it safe? Seen the top 10 pin lists. I didn't even know how they could pin this. Knowing that I'm the hu- human Pinterest. Okay, that was, that was a decent bar. That was a decent bar. But it's also cap. Because why the hell would they put you on the top 10 rappers list, bro? You not out rapping 10 niggas. Relax. Need true love, but I know true love's like a friendship. But even the Titanic had an ending. I rocked a boat with ice so expensive. Hair long, not no extensions. Money long shit is... Okay, this is a decent verse, but this is like, you know, six minutes of this. Where he's like just giving like these very like surface level metaphors. Shit that we heard before done better. It's just a unnecessarily long song. If he does say something interesting, it's, oh, I'm loyal, bitch. I got yay over Biden. I'm like, okay. (laughs) And it was very, it was very like random too. There was like no contextual lead up to it. It was just like, let me put this in here kind of rhyme and sound cool. But yeah, six minutes of this guy literally saying nothing, but that's okay. That's okay. Travis has never claimed to be the best rapper. Okay. He's even said, there's a quote out there. He even said that he's here for the vibes. And so am I, you know? I like to get into things and know what I'm coming in here for. You know, I'm not coming to Travis for Lupe Fiasco level bars, you know, where he's just dropping insane shit. You know, like, no, he's not doing that. He's going to say something that sounds good, and he's going to give you an immense level of sonics. And that's cool. That's fine with me. That's fine with me. If I can commend Trav on what comes out of his mouth, it's his delivery and his flows. They're usually great. You know, a lot of these tracks, he sounds like he's hungry, like he want to bite somebody's fucking ear off, like on Hyena or Sirens. He plays with flows on I Know, and on the second half of My Eyes, he kills that verse, like with that super nonstop delivery. That was really good. Now, while I do think Travis performed pretty well on here, The biggest moments on this album definitely go to the guest features, I believe. And it's pretty standard for a Travis album. You know, he puts these guys on here to create these huge moments. I feel like the first six tracks of the album focus on Travis a lot more. You know, they give you an introduction to the soundscape, also kind of reintroduce you to Travis after we haven't heard him on an album for like five years. But after we start noticing a trend. Of just features you know that they, they just don't really stop, and they start with um Drake you know becoming a trending topic on meltdown, super menacing delivery from him he started like fucking whispering on here, just like really grungy. I liked it, you know, coming from Drake, I think more people want that, um and even though like what he's saying on here. <laughs> nobody fucking believes like Drake. I just seen a picture of this dude with like two fucking berets in his head. And he had like ponytails and shit. Like, bro, you look like a teddy bear. My dude, not saying that you can't hurt somebody, but like, we know that you're not that. Okay. Relax. But the bar is fire though, bro. Even though it's capped, the bar is fire, man. He's sending shots at everybody. Heard your new joint. This embarrassing shit. You talk to the cops on some therapist shit. You act like you love this American shit. But really, the truth is you scared of the six. I was like, okay, shit. All right. I'm scared of the six. Shit. And he said six three times. You scared of the six. six. I was like, oh, shit. Your bodyguard put in some work on a flute. Now you want to go and inherit that shit. Don't talk to the boy about comparison shit or come to the boy on some arrogant shit. The weapons we got on some terrorist shit. Like TV producers, we, huh, 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 We airing this shit. I was like, whoa, okay. But yeah, I think those like couple of bars were shots to Kanye with the therapist thing and then, and then Pusha T with that bodyguard thing after they had like, I don't know, some altercation or some shit. But I was like, okay. All right. All right. Even though you didn't like really win any of these beefs. All right. (laughs) I told her I don't got no cash and she said she could wait on a rack on some Arabic shit. Oh, damn. All right. I'd also had like that meltdown your chain bar, which was crazy. And that's this is where he started getting wild. Since V not around, the members done hung up the Louis, they not even wearing that shit. Don't come to the boy about repairing some shit. Don't come to the boy about sparing some shit. You lucky that Vogue was suing because I would have been with the Wassaw in Paris and shit. I was like, oh, fuck. Drake is coming with the Wassaw. Like, I don't even know what the fuck that is. I had to look it up. I was like, oh, shit. Drake is a Wassaw. But I don't believe not one fucking word from this guy. You know, it sounds really good. It does. It does. It does. Maybe this was recorded, like, in the heat of, like, that Pusha T stuff, you know? Maybe this would have hit back then. But what I don't understand is, like, the the diss to, like, Pharrell and, and shit like that. Like, I don't really get it. Maybe it's, like, because he's so connected to Pusha T as far as, like, you know, just his background and stuff. But, yeah, Drake definitely had, like, a super highlight on here. Uh, One of his best feature verses, in my opinion. Playboy Cardi completely surprises everybody. Unlocked a new voice on this motherfucker. (laughs) Like, he really, like, just completely... He was unrecognizable to me. I was like, who the fuck is this? Like, he sounds like he, like, needed to, like clear some mucus out of his voice or something like he sound like future with a stuffed nose <laughs> this verse uh while it was like such a big moment you know like we don't really get new playboy cardi you know much at all these days and, and we don't know when he's gonna drop so it's like oh shit to hear him on this i'm like whoa he's doing his signature ad libs and stuff and he just comes in and i'm like okay what the fuck And he was doing his thing for, you know, a minute, like 15, 30 seconds went on. And I'm like, okay, okay. And then after that, he just like, there's a lot of pauses. Like the chorus comes back in for a minute and he like comes back after that. And he's just like, obviously we know Cardi like freestyles, but like, I hate when it's so obvious, you know? It's obvious like he doesn't really know what the fuck to do or where the fuck to go vocally. And that's what it sounds like here. You know, it was it just went on far too long. Like, dog, you're fucking Playboy Cardi, not Jay-Z. We don't need to hear like 64 bars of you. Not even bars. Like he was really just like saying refrains and ad libs. I don't know. I don't know about that, that Cardi joint. But the beat was fucking insane on there. That's irrelevant right now. But there's there's also songs on here where, like, I honestly forgot Travis was there for a minute. Del Resto? Yeah. Travi? Sorry, bro. Yancey is singing right now. Relax. You know? Loved her performance on there. And I noticed, like, this song says... It doesn't really say featuring Beyonce. It says Travis Scott, Beyonce, you know, with the comma. And I'm like, okay. It does sound like more of a collaboration, you know? But I feel like Beyonce still definitely stole the show. Like the vocals are just flawless, like usual. There's just such like an angelic feeling about the whole thing about this thing. You know, it feels very like just motivated. Like something has to happen after this. That's how it felt. You have uh, Rob 49 who came in sounding fucking hungry on here a lot of people thought it was young boy but i knew that was 49 i knew that was him but yeah he definitely came in on here fiery as fuck 21 savage gave a pretty like run-of-the-mill 21 savage verse here but i know a lot of people like that verse but um maybe maybe the biggest moment on here if not the drake joint future and scissor on telekinesis like man that was just that was a whole different world that we entered there. Um, this song was originally uh Kanye joint. It was supposed to be on Donda or Donda 2, I believe. But this joint right here, it was different. Future came on here, gave like these like super auto crooned refrains and stuff. Kind of just like vibing. His flow was like just so hypnotic. I love what he did there. He also like encapsulated like the the feeling and the theme of the album pretty well with his lyrics. And SZA came on last verse, shut it down. Shut it down. Okay? It's fucking over. Are you kidding me? (laughs) SZA killed it. Um, She just sounded like a complete goddess. Just airy as fuck. You know. it, It sounded like she she just sounded so passionate, you know, like she was singing it for her own album, which I feel like every feature should do. You know, she came in there. She wasn't thinking about the the payment. She was thinking about delivering, you know, making sure the homework was done. Yeah, she killed it. She she definitely killed it. You know what I'm saying? I definitely levitated. Let's not forget um Westside Gun on Lost Forever. Um... I don't know if people like this song as much as I do, but I fucking love this joint. Uh, West Side Gun didn't compromise no style or nothing on here. You know, he heard that like this beat sounds like something off a fucking Cruel Summer and he just fucking went in on that thing. Didn't do anything different than what he usually does. And it sounded amazing. I fucking loved it. Uh, One of the best features on here, in my opinion, one of my favorite songs as well. And yeah, the 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 features definitely like did what they had to do for the most part. And as I sit back and like listen to, you know, the album multiple times, kind of like listen to it in different settings and stuff, I'm starting to like notice, you know, how it kind of shapes up in comparison to like his past albums, in which I think his past albums did a great job of just giving cohesion, flowing really well like the track listing. I feel like was really good on his past albums. But I feel like this one was the most disjointed. If we're talking about the first half of the album, you know, like the first six tracks, I want to say, it flows pretty flawlessly, you know? Hyena, Thank God, Modern Jam, you know, they all feel like they're in the same world, all kind of like more upbeat or like a mid-level beat mid-level BPM, Um, but the energy is high on here, you know what I'm saying, the energy is high on these first three tracks, Um, and even like my eyes, even though that goes in a completely different direction as far as like, you know, the feeling, it still makes sense, you know, Uh, God's country flows after this as well, kind of like more of like a just simple but dark trap song here, and then sirens kind of just goes insane, and even from here, like you're getting a consistent level of like just super upbeat kind of uh trap songs. You know, you got meltdown, fiend, uh, Del resto, all like super high energy. You're still on the edge of your seat on these things, you know. And after this, you get I know and Topia twins, uh, which kind of keep that same vibe. Uh, but I feel like once we hit Circus Maximus is where things get pretty fucking weird as far as like, you know, the flow of this album. Circus Maximus was more like this really like consistent beat going on. Um, and it kind of just like made the album slow down a bit. You know, we're 12, 12 tracks in at this point um, and you still got a good ways to go. But after Circus Maximus, it, it kind of feels like a different album in my opinion, because right after that you get Parasel, where things completely stop. You know, it's like an interlude. Nothing's really going on here as far as like the beat. It's, it's very minimal in that sense. But then you get Schizo, where it's like all of these trap beats, and I'm just like, okay, okay, okay. Lost Forever comes in right after that, but I I don't really get to fully appreciate Lost Forever because. I'm fucking tired. I'm mentally tired from schizo of Travis just giving me nothing bars for six minutes. And also like four different beat switches is just like a little excessive, you know? Like, do we need that many? You know, especially where they're not like super stand out from each other. Lost Forever comes in. It's more of these dark vibes. Probably could have fit in the first half of this album. I feel like right after Fiend, would have been, like, pretty cool. But then after this, you get Love, which is, like, more in the world of Circus Maximus. Feels like something off of Yeezus. It's kind of got, like, that up-tempo beat to it. K-pop, where it kind of goes more into that reggaeton world. And then Telekinesis as well, which kind of, like, continues on the same vibes of Paracel, which is five tracks before. You know? And I also feel like it ended off pretty weird. Till further notice. While I love the instrumentation on here, it's amazing in my opinion. It kind of like puts us in a in a weird space as far as like the atmosphere of what we were trying to get from Utopia or supposed to be getting from Utopia. This song sounds so much like something off of Astro World that I'm like, okay, I thought we were in Utopia. Maybe it makes sense because now we're we're leaving Utopia, I guess, and you know maybe the sounds change. But I just thought that was a weird way to end the album, especially after Telekinesis. Honestly, I feel like this album could have been—it just could have been rearranged a little differently. The second half just doesn't carry the momentum like the first half does, and even on tra- uh, albums like Astral World. I feel like when Travis went on a diversion from the original sound, kind of stayed consistent and then like you know transitioned better into what you're gonna hear next. This album kind of just like throws you from track to track pretty much um but for the most part, it works. I just say tracks twelve through nineteen, they definitely get a little lost in the sauce, but honestly. I feel like if we're talking about, you know, does this album match up in his discography? I feel like it does. I feel like it holds its weight. I feel like the high moments on this album are really high. I feel like the atmosphere that he created was translated pretty successfully. Although it has like track listing issues and, you know, some of these tracks kind of just sound too derivative of that influence that he was trying to draw from with the Yeezys era and stuff like that, where the execution just wasn't all the way there. I feel like for the most part this album is fucking fun. It's dark. It's scary, but it's 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 fucking it's fire (laughs) for lack of a better term. I think that um I really enjoyed listening to this album and I really enjoyed that Travis is still being new. He's still trying things. In a world of artists sounding fucking same, tr- track after track, turn on the radio right now and, like, what do you hear? You know? I think Travis is is doing a good job of, of you know, keeping his lane open, allowing himself to kind of, like, go further from here. I feel like Travis could go even more industrial here. I feel like going back to, like, an astral world or maybe, like, a Birds in the Trap sound, would just be him regressing. I feel like he's got to keep keep going. Give us a whole album of modern jam. <laughs> you know? I'd be with it. I'm cool. But yeah, I, I think this is a good album. I think that, uh, you know, most people are going to like it. There are definitely some songs where, you know, you're going to have to figure out, like, okay, am I, am I riding with you here? Like Circus Maximus. Or maybe, like, Love. But I feel like for the most part, it'll open up people's ears. This album, it, it's really good in its production. It's really good in its, its ability to bring features that make sense in the track. It's really good in Travis matching the energy of the production, giving us some catchy vocals, uh, catchy refrains, good flows here. I think most of the time he's just advancing you know advancing the production and making sure that he's accentuating it and i feel like yeah travis he 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 did a really good job here in my opinion i would give this joint a solid 75 out of 100 i I honestly would give it higher but the second half of this album it's just really choppy for me while i do like most of these songs like parasail or lost forever or telekinesis you know Till further notice, these are some of the best tracks on here. Uh, It's just the track listing, it it, it fucks it, you know? (laughs) It it just doesn't make it flow as as naturally as it could. And I'm a guy who likes to listen to the album as the artist intended you to, you know? I like to listen to it track one to the end track, you know? So I, I like a good flowing album. So 75 out of 100. That's not bad. That's a good that's a good review in my opinion. Best moments. My favorite moments on here are as listed. The intro and the initial beat to Hyena fucking amazing, opens you up to the world of Utopia. The transition on Thank God, man, I felt like I was just like seeing the gates open to Valhalla like, it was fucking ridiculous, um, Travis is just, like, screaming at this point, and when that beat comes in, I'm just like, whoa, this is serious, shout out to Travis flow on there, too, um, Tizo Touchdown's verse on Modern Jam, he just, he just sounded so dramatic and theatric, almost, um, he just, he just brought such a personality like he does on all of his tracks and all of his features and i'm so excited for his new album coming out next month i think uh also travis's like ringleader chants going on you know throughout the song kind of just like elevates that that feeling sanfa his appearance on my eyes uh even though he said like three bars oh man i felt every fucking one I just love Sampha's voice. Um, one of my favorite singers. Uh, he just sounded so angelic on here. Um, shout out to Justin Vernon on here as well. Travis's verse on the beat switch of my eyes, probably his best verse here. Honestly, you know, it just sounded really focused. Yeah, and I, I just, I just feel like Travis kind of like you know really honed in on what he was trying to accomplish as far as like, you know, lyrics, which is something that I don't feel like he does often. All of sirens, that whole fucking song. Amazing. Uh, Probably my favorite song here. Just insane. It sounds like sirens going off. It sounds like a natural disaster. That beat sounds like a fucking earthquake happening. Like, ugh, I just, I, I really love this fucking track dreg's verse on meltdown uh the beat in the sense on fiend although i did not really enjoy Playboy Cardi's addition to it his chorus on here was addicting as fuck i've been saying fiend 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 all fucking week um and the beat on here is like it's so cool it kind of mixes that hyper trap with uh kind of like that kanye cruel summer era type beat going on Beyonce's vocals on Del Resto um, just sounded angelic like usual. Justin Vernon's addition at the end I thought was pretty cool as well. And I like Travis's uh, energy, his low-key energy that he brought to the song when he uh, started you know, singing right after Beyonce. The beat and the chorus too, I know. Probably like the catchiest joint uh, here. I think this song, like late night vibes, this joint is going to hit, bro. It's going to hit. It's going to do its thing. Pretty piano loops on here, but they were haunting as well. A simple but effective trap beat. Um, Yeah, really good track here. Rob 49's energy on his verse on uh, Atopia Twins. Also, the chorus from Travis Scott were really good. Twin bitches, twin bitches, twin bitches fucking on a jet ski. Like, it just sounds like fucking fun. Uh, the synth breakdown at the end of Circus Maximus. Again, it just sounds like you're it's opening up the floodgates into hell. Honestly, this should have been the outro. This joint with that that fucking Mike Dean ending, oh, it would have been perfect. It would have been perfect. James Blake's vocals and the sample and West Side Guns verse on Lost Forever, <laughs> pretty much the whole song. Just really good. West Side gave a super like grungy verse. James Blake's vocals um, on the first track or the first half of the track sounded really haunting. Have you ever been touched forever? Like it it was really cool. Um, Travis also had a good verse on there as well. The Weeknd's vocals and production changes on The Weeknd's verse on K-pop. I really just love how they built that beat around the weekend. Um, and the weekend kind of just like, I don't know. He he just he just really vibed well with this joint. All of telekinesis and especially scissors verse. Uh definitely one of the best moments on here. Fucking amazing. James Blake's vocals and the Metro Boomin production on oh, Till Further Notice. Um I think this was just executed really well and yeah those are the best moments the worst moments these this this, this is the shit that I didn't like Travis's verse on Modern Jam yeah bro no <laughs> um, it sounded just so like Kanye-esque um it everything pretty much just sounded like something Kanye would say on a Yeezus track but worse um Travis just didn't, he just didn't do it. Um, but I did like his energy, though. I did like, you know, how he implemented those screens. But even that was just, like, super easy-ish. Playboy Cardi on Fiend. I uh, already talked about it. Waits fucking too long. It's just unnecessary verse from Playboy Cardi here. Schizo ran way too long as well. Um, Travis's verses were subpar. And it just lacked momentum. And 21 Savage, Until Further Notice, didn't give a bad verse, but I felt like it was just unnecessary, you know? Um, I felt like, you know, we're ending the album off, and I felt like Trav, um, 21 Savage was just, like, giving us bars about, like, relationships and shit, and, like, I'm just like, bro, what, what are we talking about right now? You know? I feel like we could have just kept Travis and, you know, just, you know, made the ending a little bit more... Uh, Emotional, conceptual. I feel like 21 Savage like he just gave like a run of the mill flow. It's something that he's just used to doing. But yeah, those were the worst moments, man. That was the Travis Scott Utopia album review on the Soul Tracks podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you come back for the next one because we're gonna be reviewing a bunch more shit. Okay. I think I got reason. Porch coming up next. So if you want to tune in, definitely tune in. Subscribe to the channel on podcast or wherever you get your podcast. And Soul Tracks will be back. Thanks, guys. See you later.